We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I'm Bladen Kirkland, as always, by my two favorite co-hosts of all time in Matthew Spinauer and Theo Ash. And based on how many times you've been on the episode now, Bangle, I might as well add you to the run of my favorite co-hosts. Welcome back, man. How are you doing? This is what my... Third time, maybe? <laughs> Third time, yeah. Third time, I guess. That's, yeah, I guess you guys recorded, what, like seven episodes total? And this is <laughs> somewhere about roughly a little under half. This, yeah, this is, is SNL and you're, who's the guy who always, ho- like, who's the guy who hosts SNL all the time? The Alec Canadian? Baldwin? Is yeah, it compare him? Compare me to Alec Baldwin? <laughs> the guy who's in the news yesterday for, yesterday. yeah, he pulled the trigger when he killed that guy on set. <laughs> No, 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 no. You love the draft no, comps. So. No, no, no. Why can't I think of his name? Steve Steve Martin. Steve Martin. You're like the Steve Martin okay. of Stay Hot. That is another Alec Baldwin's been on a ton, though, <laughs> since you love him so much. Okay. Well, if you're Alec Baldwin, that has to make us SNL, which is also not the greatest uh, comparison yeah. nowadays. But anyway. I yeah. want to be the next SNL cast member. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, today we have a great episode planned for you all. We're going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, season predictions as well as some reactions to the preseason thus far. But, you know, before we get into that, make sure everyone subscribes to the YouTube channel, Keep Up and Grow This Podcast on all platforms. And of course, join the chalkboard to uh, stay in contact with us, talk about some sports. You know the deal. Uh, do we want to talk about just bangle your season predictions because i think we have a little bit of feathers that were ruffled yeah sure i mean i don't even fully agree with it you know but you can only do you don't agree with your own season predictions Uh, uh, okay so that sounds ridiculous because it's not like someone was like held a gun to my head and they're like make the vikings go seven and ten and i'm like "Ah, i don't wanna but also like i have certain teams that i think are going to be in certain ranges and just the way it kind of ended up going you know like you know how it is with your uh your Texan season predictions, like, yeah, they're going to win six games, but they won't beat the Jags. And you're like, oh my. They're like, obviously, <laughs> yeah. that, that feels weird, but, you right. know, not every team can win every game they're supposed to. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, and I think the Vikings are better than a seven and 10 team traditionally, 
but also like I still predicted them to go seven and ten. It's just I hate yeah. the Vikings, I guess. Okay, it's always how it goes. It's always how it goes. And you're just trying to, to get on Theo's good side. We get it. Um, <laughs> as a Packer fan and Viking hater, but um, <laughs> I actually think the Vikings will be quite good. But your method is to pick every individual game, right? You go on like ESPN yeah, thing like, and go through that. So it's not, I'm interested. Yeah, it's, it's playoff predictors, and yeah. they give you the option to uh, do every game. But I just go for an overall um, record and division placement. So I'll mess with it a few times. And then if I have, let's say, you know, the the Eagles at 10 and 7, but I have the Cowboys ahead of them in the division, you know, I might switch a game or I might go back and just choose a game that, okay, they could probably lose this. I don't think they're quite an 11-win team. So, you know, I I have ideas of the record and division placement, and then I kind of I play each week to my narrative. Okay. That's what you got to do. I always I look at it like – I you gave the Panthers – Eight wins. You're too high on the Panthers. <laughs> I, I don't think eight wins is like insane, by the way. I, eight wins is like you're probably a, a sub 500 team, but there's an extra game this year. So you you could sneak another one and, and at least make it close. Um, I, don't, I don't know, dude. They've got the bad quarterback, bad coach combo. So I don't think they're going to be in the hunt later in the season. It seems like the offense has been clicking, and they have they have talent on really both sides of the ball. And then when I looked at that roster, I'm like, there's a decent bit of talent here, and they get the bonus of having to play the Falcons, and you know who knows if the Saints are going to bounce back uh, and be a really really good team. You know, it, it depends. And I looked at their schedule, and I go, I could see them, you know, sneaking up when you're that eight win mark, and you know, one or two bounces go a different way, and that's that's the difference between. Five or six wins and eight or nine wins. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think I had them at six. So eight is like within, I think, the high. That's where I would say like the high end of their projection. But it's not like you had them at ten, I suppose. I think their weapons are pretty weak when McCaffrey goes down, and I think McCaffrey playing seventeen <laughs> this dude games said is pretty when? unlikely. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's incredibly injury prone, and then outside of that, it's like DJ Moore's great, but they don't have any other receivers. I feel good about. Um, and I don't feel good about Baker making plays, so I, I, I worry about the offense a decent amount. Bengal, we're going to jump you for being too high on all of our favorite teams because you're also higher on the Packers than me, <laughs> and lower on. Oh the Vikings no, no, than me. he's not higher. He's not high on the Browns. He's not high on the Browns at all. Well, you know why that is. If you, I know, if you think about I know. it, so, I know. I, again, I think the Browns are quite good. But then last year, with also you know not a great quarterback situation, the Browns did worse than they they feel like they should do, and they kind of just been doing that every year. So it's like it's not a team I can yeah. believe in and be like, yeah, they're totally going to just get everything together. And with everything going on at quarterback, they're just yeah. going to magically you know pull ten wins out for the first time. I just I didn't see that. I get it. Are the Vikings the team shit. you're most scared of after these predictions? You had them at seven and ten. Uh, are they the um, team that you're I, most like, oh man, that one, that one could come back to bite me? Or is there one even still where you're like, please, please, please be right because you know if not, you know, is that? The, I guess which one are you getting I, the most flack for? I, I suppose is another way. To um, I think I think people. Didn't love the Vikings. It seems like I got fewer complaints this year, though. I mean, I get the classic, like, oh, you think the, the Giants are going to go 7-10? and 10? It's like, dude, I, I predict the Giants to do poorly every single year. I don't think seven wins is, like, that crazy. But, 
you know, if I'm too early on some teams, like are the Saints going to go 10 and 7? Are the Dolphins going to jump up, go 10 and 7? Are the Jets going to go 7 and 10, especially with Zach Wilson being kind of in flux? We don't know, but he's not going to be out for right. the season or anything. I think it's no. like two to thank, three. Thank goodness. Weeks. Yeah. Colts, maybe. Maybe I'm worried about the Colts. I have them at nine have... wins. Do you have them? I, two, I can get are you worried they're going to be way worse or way better? I'm worried that they're going to be better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think nine. I had is the about Colts. Right. I had I had the Colts winning the division at ten and seven. So like, like it, it's one game off, and like that's the difference. Between the difference them. why the one game off matters though is I have them missing the playoffs. Yeah. Whereas I have the Titans with the same record making the playoffs because I think they're right. going to win the division because that's what they do in the AFC South somehow. You're one yeah, of the I'm only just a little peop- bit lower. You're one of the only people who has agreed with me that the Titans are winning that division again. It seems they like just every- do. It seems like everyone <laughs> collectively is down on them. But my mindset is if they won it last year with all the injuries, like they can win it this year without all those injuries. You're the right. first they, on paper look pretty good. Like they're talented. They do. That's just, that was my same problem with the Panthers, Matt. Is I look at their team and I go, there's a number of different guys that I I really like on this team. And there are younger guys, too, that are getting better. And if you look at their secondary, like C.J. Henderson, all the potential in the world, still so young, former first-round pick, like has been good. And the, the reports about him are my favorite. Is that like, yeah, this guy's really committed, loves football, was just stuck in a bad situation in Jacksonville. They're getting another first-round corner, top 10 in J.C. Horn back. Dante Jackson's good. Like They have a, a great young uh, group of guys, just defensive line. I mean, I could go on and on. J.C. Horn will be good. C.J. Henderson is okay. Uh, and Dante Jackson, I think, is not that good at all. I fear. When losing Gilmore, I don't feel any better about their cornerback room. They have a lot of young guys that I'm excited for, but I'm not banking on all of them turning out. Yeah, you yeah. can't. You can't. Horn is also still injured at the moment. Is he not? He hasn't That's been not practicing. Good. Yes. This leads to Dante Jackson cornerback one, which will be a disaster. <laughs> at least Dante There's, Jackson, at least he has the athletic profile. Hey, right? he jumps, like, he jumps real hard. Give him that. <laughs> he, he has played well. He, he got paid, you know, for a reason. And then uh the thing with JC Horn though is like it's training camp, it's it's uh it's preseason, and the, you know, he's such a prize guy, they don't want to throw him out there too early. So I, I think we're gonna see him quite a bit this season. At least I hope so. Yeah, I do too. I'm trying to think. What what else did you have that I'm going to yell at you for? The Chargers Why, were a little low. You're low on the Chargers and you're low on the Eagles. Those are like two of my favorite teams. Those are your two one seeds, no? Yeah. Those are, <laughs> or no, the, the 49ers were my one seed. The 49ers were my one seed. But the Chargers and, and the Eagles are two teams that I'm really high on. Um, why, why do you think those are both 10-win teams? Yeah, so I don't think it's about the total wins per se. Because I think they're quite a good team, but they got a really tough schedule. And they play in that AFC West. And I think, at least just based on the way things look, I think you could just say every team's going to win three games in division and lose three games. Because I don't think there's a distinct difference between three, maybe even four of those teams in the AFC West. Because the Chargers got a whole lot better. But the Raiders... First yeah. of all, like had so many problems last year. It was like disaster after disaster. You'd open up Twitter in the morning and say, oh, another player arrested. Oh, <laughs> the head coach is a racist. Oh, like, you know, it, it was a yeah. million different things. 
and I'm then high on with, the Raiders too. So with Rich Bisaccia, they ended up like doing quite well. And I mean, I, I think we remember uh, that week 18 matchup now, the battle of uh, those teams trying to sneak into the playoffs. And the Raiders, like, they're good. And I think they got a, a whole lot better with Devontae Adams, who is just unbelievable. Yeah. And Chandler Jones isn't Chandler Jones from maybe three years ago, but he's still a really solid player. And so it's like you talk about the Chargers getting J.C. Jackson and Sebastian Joseph Day and Khalil Mack and and uh, going out in the draft and getting a starting offensive lineman tomorrow in Zion Johnson. It's like they got a lot better too. But then you look at the Broncos. You got Russell Wilson. It's like every team is getting better. I just think it, it's going to be tough for the Chargers to win 11 or 12 games when they play in that division. Nate Hobbs is the key to the Raiders. Like yeah, that's everything. one of the DUI guys last year. Yes, everything hinges <laughs> on him. Maybe last year, all the problems with the Raiders motivated them. If, what's the like wounded tiger theory? Is that what it's called? Where like something horrible yeah, happens yeah. and everybody else like kind of locks in even more. I because the Raiders last year, I believe, over there was like a stretch in the season where they were like one in five, and they just got torched yeah, by yeah. the Chiefs, and they were a team in that yeah. AFC where it's like. Yes, they made the playoffs, but like, is this a good like is this a good playoff team or a bad playoff team that is going to like? To me, they were they did get better, but they're also staving off a little bit of regression in in close win scenarios and stuff like. They seem to clutch up a lot of the wins that were um, narrow. Their 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 points margin, their points differential was one of the lowest of all the playoff teams. So it's like they'll need to get better to even get back to 10 wins. Cause if they ran back the same roster, I wouldn't bet on it being right. that good again. Like that's kind of where I'm at with them, where in that division they're I did like them after they made the moves, but the more I've looked into them, the more I've cooled on them. And to me, they're, they're the losers there. Then the Broncos and then the chiefs and chargers are the two that are still like, probably cream of the crop that's where i'm at with the division but mm-hmm. it's fair it's all valid it's that division like everyone i think should get a pass on it no matter what <laughs> no matter how it's ranked it's, if it it's, goes it's opposite order division. like it's just so much change and, and hard to project yeah and then the eagles i gotta understand man do you just hate jalen hurts is that it um i don't think he's good i'm just like plain and simple i i kind of don't understand you know your hype on them. <laughs> um, but I, I think, you know, the Cowboys are still going to be good. I think, yeah. I think the giants got better and I think it's going to be, you know, they still might go. Oh, and two against the Eagles this year, but it's just another team that's tougher to beat. And even though they got better and I think they really did, it's just, it's tough to win 11 or 12 games, you know, depending on what your schedule is. They totally could. Like I was going through and I had them losing to the Jaguars uh, and I do I think they're actually going to lose the Jaguars? Like, probably not. Right. But you know, also it, it, again, it is it is tough to win these games. It's not always uh, as clear as it seems. And uh, I just don't I don't think the Eagles, when looking at their schedule uh, and based on what they did last year, I, I just think it's going to be tough to win. You know, eleven or twelve. But I could see it happening. Like wherever the record is for me. I could see plus or minus two or three wins or okay. losses, depending on who it is. Like it's plus just, or minus three is a okay, big margin. Okay, well, it is, but at, also I could see it. If you so, give me the best case scenario for the Giants. Then 
plus three wins from their seven seven win season. I, see, I don't think they're a plus three. I think they're <laughs> give me they the, give be, me the give me the a, a plus the, two. What does a Giants playoff team look like this year? Oh, I don't, I don't think they're a playoff. I mean, it's, I think I think <laughs> their their ceiling is like the eight or nine. But they're when you look at the changes they've made, like I think they're going to maximize talent because you have to remember with some situations, like you know, some teams we see a breakout with with a similar roster with new coaching, just because they're being maximized and with a history of success in Buffalo and a history of success in Kansas city for both Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka. It's like the offense I think is going to be able to score points. And when we all look at Kenny Galladay and we say, Oh, that guy is terrible because, and he has his deficiencies for sure. But that was a guy who was successful in Detroit. And then we look at Kadarius Tony and we've seen a flash of Kadarius Tony had nearly 200 receiving yards in the game against the Cowboys and then just couldn't stay healthy and on the field. And then they brought in Wondell Robinson who kind of do a bunch of different things. Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton. It's like, those aren't all-star, all-pro guys I name, but like, I think those guys in Saquon hopefully bouncing back and the offensive line getting better. It's like, you can point to so many upgrades they've made, not even just with personnel, but with, uh, or with the players, but with, with coaching staff as well. Defense, you know, they, they picked up Kayvon Thibodeau, which is going to be a big upgrade. And Wink Martindale on defense is a super aggressive defensive coordinator, and you can win a lot uh, with a guy like that. Obviously, you open yourself up. It's a big risk, but he's been so successful for so long. I bet on all their upgrades to win seven, and it's seven games. It's not that right. many from their, like, you know, four or five last year. Right. Saquon looked sharp in their first preseason game. I thought that yeah. was their – their Galladay obviously was, like, trending on Twitter. For, bad, yeah. <laughs> that was bad. I thought Neil was a little bit shaky to start, but say which he should be. Which he like it's amazing that a guy like Rashawn Slater, Tristan Wirfs was even able to come in and be good their rookie year, let alone like all pro level. Sewell was legitimately like getting labeled a bust at this time last year. So it's it's like even though Neil did look shaky, and I think that's a fact. Like he he messed up some, but you know it's all right, and he can pull it together. I guess yeah, that kind of, I think, maybe segues into maybe some of the more week one of the preseason takeaways or, or stuff that we were excited to watch. Matt, I know you're pan- Matt Corral led a stunning game-winning jo- drive that I know must have excited you, <laughs> must have excited you watching that. First, I got to do an ad read, though. Um, okay. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Odd Traders for pl- play-by-play updates, live scores, and bet tracking. Odds Trader is the place to go. They have the best price on every game and sign-up offers for multiple sports books. Plus, they have player statistics, key game stats, and even projected game day weather. You can use their bet tracker to keep records of all your games and betting activity. Odds Trader is the number one site for your all your game day bets. To begin your handicapping journey, make sure to go to the oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Odds Trader is the beginning of your best bets for all sports download to now but yes matt corral uh did not look good broke my heart man and matt i i know that couldn't have looked that couldn't have felt good for you either i don't care it's preseason <laughs> yeah but it's your future it's franchise pre-season. quarterback it's, <laughs> it's a third round pick it's also it's a third round pick that's the thing with yeah. all these rookies with malik willis with desmond ritter with matt corral they aren't the future. They aren't the guaranteed future of Mac, the fa- Mac franchise. Is. No, he's not. No, he is not. None of them are. It's compared I think to that's Baker like, Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Uh, yeah, give me give me Matty Ice. If you had the let's say the Panthers t- pick in the top five next year, are you taking a quarterback? 
No, you have no, Matt Corral. Corral. <laughs> okay, never mind then, I suppose. I mean, yeah, the odds of a third-round quarterback working out are not great. I'm more excited about Matt Corral than I am about, like, Will Greer when we drafted him and wasted a pick. I mean, that was stupid, but... Will um, Greer. Yeah, he didn't look great. I mean, I said on my Twitter that he's getting his incompletions out of the way now so he can regress or progress to the mean in the regular season. And <laughs> That's a good idea. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. He's not going to be ready for a while. And this is this is the thing I actually don't like about the Matt Corral draft pick. Is Matt Corral ready to play this year? No. No. Nope, not ready to play this year. Shouldn't get any time in the regular season. He needs to sit a year, right? If the Panthers are bad, should they draft a quarterback? Well, so then how do you play that situation? If you don't if you don't play Matt Corral for the full season, that's probably the best thing for him. But if he doesn't play, then there's no way to know if he's good enough to the point where you should not draft a quarterback highly next year. It's the same thing why I think Desmond Ritter's in a bad situation too. He has to play this year and he has to be good enough so when the Falcons have the number one overall pick, they don't take a quarterback. It's not going to happen. Yeah, but I think that also comes to like, practice and just like how the coaches feel about him in practice and i think if he just looks good enough in practice they might feel comfortable enough to roll with him for at least another season and it depends who the coaches are though right too because yeah. in a case like the panthers for example if the panthers don't <laughs> do well this year <laughs> that eight, rule is cooked let's say they don't go yeah. eight and nine um matt rule gonna be fired and then you know new head coach comes in probably wants his guy at quarterback in the draft maybe maybe not we'll see Right. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you, Matt. And I I think that I heard that so many times this weekend about all the third round guys. And like, this is the future of this team. Malik Willis, Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter. It's not a guarantee at all. And I think we need to kind of look at the past of third round quarterbacks, the Davis Webbs of the world. I think he was a third rounder. And some of these other dudes drafted in the third round, that's the caliber of these quarterbacks. That's the commitment level that these teams have given these quarterbacks. So when you break down Desmond Ritter, when you break down Matt Corral, when you break down Malik Willis, it is not like breaking down Kenny Pickett. It is not. They're not at that same standard. They're not like in the team's plans to the extent as Trevor Lawrence was last year. It's like it's like any other position. This is what people don't realize. Like people are like, oh, quarterbacks, we need to go into like the third year of this rookie quarterback or this young quarterback being bad and he still needs a chance. Like you would not do that with any other any other position. Or like if a third rounder is bad right away. Right. Like if a a third round pick. (laughs) He's a first round pick, but he's been bad for years. (laughs) Yeah. And he's still starting. If a third round pick is like bad for the first year they're probably not guaranteed like their starting spot going into the next year. They're probably like the team is probably not going into the next off season. Like, well, that's, we're just going to keep rolling with him and see what happens. That doesn't really happen. So I feel the same way about a lot of these young quarterbacks, especially on the bad teams. I'd say Malik Willis is probably in the best spot of any of them. I'd agree. Yeah. Having, having to getting to sit behind Tannehill is definitely a plus. There's no pressure for him to come in. Yeah. That's that's and I didn't think Ritter looked that good either. No, he did not. He was okay. He was fine. He had he had a a few nice throws, but like yeah, dude, that touchdown he had at the end of the game was a fifty-fifty ball. It wasn't anything like super special or um that interception that he had that doesn't count because of roughing the passer. 
wasn't super great either. Yeah, uh, but, but he had I think a few when, nice throws. When, I, I think when you also look at like who they're playing with on the field and who they're playing against, it's also really hard to judge these guys because like Matt Corral was playing with like literally like the last like the reserves like the last line of guys on that on that depth chart. So against, it, I think that's really right against he, the last I mean, line of guys. How, on the depth so chart. how bad would he right, have to do like, before we can just say he played bad? <laughs> you know, it's I'm, like I'm he, not. Yeah, his, Matt, Matt have you went one for his. Gra- he went it. one for seven, but have you accounted for his gravity? <laughs> <laughs> have you accounted for? <laughs> God damn it! But um, anyway, yeah, but yeah. No, I just some some guys. You know, you play with bad people, play against bad people. It's hard to judge at that point. The best um, rookie quarterback probably was Pickett, the first round pick. And although yeah. he did throw for about six yards per attempt, it was like, what, 13 for 15? Something like that. A lot of checkdowns, a lot of short passes. But, you know, that's something that you need to learn. So it was it was overall a positive performance from him. I, I thought, thought Bailey he was the one Zappy. That, he was the one that, I guess, impressed me the most. But there's like several asterisks there where he wasn't exactly yeah. slinging it up and down the yard but i thought bailey zappy also looked pretty good lots of back shoulder throws like a stupid amount of back shoulder throws for no reason he's gonna be the um, king of the underthrown pass interference penalty that's all i could think about <laughs> when i was watching him i was like oh man the wide receiver is working back through the defender to make this catch the little jordan humphrey touchdown God, all of them yeah all of his passes were like that i'm like he can draw He'll be an MVP candidate once he draws 30 defensive pass interference, like 30 <laughs> yards down the field this year. Yeah. And he had this, he had a one, he had one nice play where he like stepped way up into the pocket, like as it's collapsing. So nice pocket presence there to de- and deliver a nice shovel pass. I, so I thought he looked all right. Pickens looked good. Um, and then speaking of the Steelers, uh, George Pickens looked phenomenal. Because he's him, he wide did. receiver. He he was my wide receiver three man. So you know we're 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 about to get into guys we want to take victory laps on. He's someone I'm going to take a victory lap on. <laughs> Bengals. There anyone in the in your pre draft process that you were really high on that you felt other people weren't, and now you're like, yeah, I was right about that. Well, I mean, you know, it's tough not to mention George Pickens, even though you just did. Um, but yeah. the thing with him is not like the talent because I, I think everyone really agreed on the talent, but the worries with him and why he fell in the draft was like serious maturity issues. Um, right. so I don't know, but yeah, I'm, I'm as stoked as you are about him. <laughs> I really yeah. am. No, like I, I always get mad cause like the Ravens and Steelers tend to draft guys that I like or that like, like when the Steelers, the Steelers had Ryan Shazier, I'm an Ohio state fan. That hurt my heart. They drafted George Pickens. I love George Pickens. The Ravens drafted Lamar and J.K. Dobbins. So I always have to deal with this bullshit, man. It's the worst. Yeah, just don't even watch college football. (laughs) That's the only way you can avoid it. (laughs) Dude, I mean, I'm a huge Texas fan, and their biggest rival is Oklahoma. And I'm watching, you know, like Adrian Peterson when I'm younger, and I'm like, this guy's the best player I've ever seen. And then even more recently, I'm watching CeeDee Lamb, and I'm like, this guy is awesome. It's like, how dude. Uh, you got to appreciate the players, like regardless of team, I think. Yeah. No, but it's, it's I, not I, always easy. It's not I always try, easy. I try to. <laughs> I get that. So you you were a big George Pickens fan. I'm glad. 
I was going to take a victory lap on Khalil Shakir, who was a fifth round pick that I had like a second round grade on. And then they, they gave him to the league messed up and gave him to Josh Allen and the bills in the fifth round. <laughs> and when I watched Shakir, I was like the very nuanced route runner, like doing some very crafty things to get open. And after the catch, he was breaking tackles, seemed to have good contact balance. Uh, seemed to have pretty soft hands. He made a lot of great catches outside of his frame. The famous one, I, I think it was against maybe, I want to say Hawaii. I could be wrong, where he had like an Odell Beckham-esque one-hander on the sideline. Um, he played Oklahoma State and made some ridiculous snags behind him or way out in front of him on the sideline. Like big catch radius, soft hands. There maybe were a couple concentration drops in there. I think I can remember that. But overall, I, I thought that he could really pluck the ba- the ball out of some difficult situations and was a nuanced route runner and was good after the catch. And he would like insert into the formation and, and come in and block, which is probably what he's going to be doing on the bills as a primary slot guy. So I was like, this guy's just a baller. Maybe he doesn't have the complete high end athleticism that maybe some other dudes have, but had a good combine. Although all the wide receivers had good combines this year. It seemed he ran like a 4.4. It's like not a lot of weaknesses here. Take them whenever, you know, after the first huh. round, I don't think he quite has that like, high end high high all pro end ceiling but like after the first round then go for it and then he went the fifth round 92 yards five for five targets receptions yeah looked really smooth he's someone where i'm just like i'm so sure that that's going to be as a fifth round pick he's going to have a better career than like 90 percent of everyone taken above him and it's been one preseason game but that's the guy i'm just like yeah i'm, I'm right don't care don't care what anybody else says i'm, I'm right about him and that's yeah, that's my guy that I'm I'm taking a victory. Also a wide receiver. I could also talk about Damian Pierce, who was fantastic in his debut. Bengal, I know that you're a Damian. We talked about this before the show, and we're instructed to have the exact same conversation again. Uh, but Damian Pierce looked good. I don't I don't know what, who exactly you were high on before pre-draft, but are there is there anybody that you're just like, oh yeah everything's going according to plan so far with training camp hype in week one of the preseason. I, I just think it's too, it's too early to really nail down a ton of guys, but uh, yeah, we, we talked about Damian Pierce. He's, he's a beast. And uh, Isaiah Pacheco is getting a lot of hype right now as well. Uh, apparently taking a lot of first team reps with the chiefs. Uh, I think sky Moore though is maybe the biggest one. Cause we're seeing him just dominate training camp and, he was someone I was super high on. I think he can play inside and outside. I don't think he's just a slot guy. So uh, I think he's going to be really, really like surprisingly productive to a lot of people who probably didn't know the name Sky Moore and probably still don't, I should say. Yeah. What were your thoughts on Isaiah Pacheco? We talked about Yeah, I, I thought he was podcast. explosive. I, I mean, yeah. he's a guy with uh, like another gear. And, you know, a home run speed can be important. It's not the end-all, be-all. But he had pretty good contact balance as well. Um, I just, I think the player is quite good. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't think he's a bad player. I, I I said in our, like, a couple episodes ago, I think he has poor focus as a runner. And, like, as in both he doesn't, I don't think he has great vision. And I think, like, when he's blocking, like, there was a, pla- there was a play where he was, where the quarterback was rolling right, and he was like rolling with him to block and he like pushed a guy downfield to the point where it could have been like offensive pass interference. And I was like, that's kind of a boneheaded play. 
Well, if it wasn't um, did, pass interference, it wasn't, it was wasn't that called just a, amazing block. Then, if it, you it, yeah, I guess, like ten like, yards downfield, that sounds pretty but like, sick. No, I mean it was sick. But like, if the quarterback had thrown it to the uh, underneath guy instead of the over top, then all of a sudden it's, it's a penalty, right? So that's that's the only thing. And then there was like the viral clip of him um, in pass pro in camp. But then there was like literally the the person who posted that clip also posted a clip of Rano Jones and Clyde Edwards Alaire doing the exact same thing and those didn't blow up. So I'm like, he might be good, but people are hyping him up to be like the best running back on that team. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case. So that's my only thing. Speaking of best running back on the team, Jerome Ford had an, a kind of like he, he was, I've been hyping him up for a reason. That's all I'm going to say. He had led the team in receiving and rushing. Yep. Scored twice. Never seen Nick Chubb do that. I've never seen Nick Chubb lead the Browns in receiving receiving. rushing. No, but I'm excited about him. Did Uh, we see the Colts? Did we see anything of Pierce? We're on Bearcat watch. I know that Matt, that's got to be what you've been on. They all did pretty well. I saw Brian Cook had a big hit. He's going to be great. Um, (laughs) How was Kobe Bryant? Oh, he was bad. He got got cooked by... He was cooked oh, by Pickens. He's the one who just, oh, met okay. Pickens' wrath, number eight. <laughs> Tough. Well, Thorpe Award winner, Kobe Bryant. He will bounce back. How was Gardner? I didn't watch the Jets. I. The only thing I saw from the Jets was Zach Wilson throw two of the worst passes I've seen in my life, tweak his knee. and then Could I was not like, have been oh, worse. Could not have been worse than that Jets. Deshaun Watson. That Deshaun Watson throw. <laughs> oh, it was worse. It was worse. Um Bengal, what do you think about Zach? I don't know. Do I have? Do I know your opinions on Zach Wilson? Do you think like minus the injury and minus all the you know milf hunting hype that he's gotten? Like, do you think? Do you think he's he's going to be good, or are you lower on him? I, I'm Team Zach Wilson. Okay, uh, I thought he was actually like pretty good the second half of last season as well. He did. Um, yes, the Buccaneers I, I, game is really what you can point to and be like there. There, there it is. And he's another guy you can bet on with like traits, and that's that's one of the reasons he was drafted as high as he was. And it was tough because I was a guy who missed horribly on Josh Allen, um, but at the same time, it's like I was right for the first year and year two, and then he turned into an All Pro, right? So it's like, do I now bet more on traits and upside, or do I bet on someone I know is going to be good enough? And that's that would be right. the difference between like valuing Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett like Pickett undoubtedly a better quarterback right now and like way more polished but Willis has the big arm and the athleticism the ability to extend plays and you can't teach that stuff as cliche as that sounds but you can't that's why guys go above other guys yeah I mean I I also think you can bet on traits but like if Josh Allen was playing for the Bears you yep, wouldn't you wouldn't bust. be betting on the Bears, right? Because they don't they do a terrible job of surrounding their guys with talent. And you know, Matt Nagy was the coach. If so the Bears like, are good, we are so cooked on this podcast. <laughs> I've got to start yeah. hyping them up a Bang, little bit. Bangle, did you see that I gave one. I gave the Bears two wins? I I mean, I when you look at the roster, I get yeah, it. It's, it's bad. just it's the only problem I have with that is when you look at it from the argument of all right, well, the Bears won, I think, like five last year, and they had yeah. a coach actively working against them. It's like, <laughs> well, surely they can, I, you know, steal I another it, one bro. or two. 
but like they have like two and a half good players on that team. Yeah, Brisker. <laughs> looked, no, you're right. Brisker <laughs> looked really good. His debut game. That was another preseason standout. I thought he was all around the ball. Robert Quinn was legitimately like fantastic last year, and yeah. he has been so up and down. I mean, he had two sacks the year before in like sixteen games. So I mean, and then he's he going like to have eighteen and a half. So we'll you see. You can get if like he three has. and a half sacks this year. The range of outcomes with him is so crazy. But <laughs> I guess I could see if Roquan, if a deal gets done with Roquan, that defense that was okay last year, getting Brisker and who is the guy they drafted from Washington, Kyler Gordon. I could see yeah. maybe them having a top half of the league defense, maybe, maybe, or at least um, maybe around mid, like an okay defense. It might, I I don't and think it could be better than that, from like, like two league wins. average. That's, I guess, my argument for the Bears. And then Fields takes a step and like is able yeah. to have a better year despite the lack of talent. So Bears <laughs> fans, I think they're going to win. Four. I had them at four games, so this is not, you know me being I compared I compared the Bears roster to the 1 in 15 Browns. I think it's very comparable to that team. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, I don't know if it's quite that bad. What are your thoughts on Kenny Gallagher? It's a strong roster. <laughs> just, just overall just point blank. <laughs> just point blank. <laughs> yeah, gun um, to your head. I think, he's, he's, I think he's a good contested catch receiver and I think he's a good jump ball red zone threat type guy, but he's not someone that's going to separate at even like an above average level. He just, he's a jump ball guy and that's it. Who do you think? I think he's good at that. Who do you think that leads the giants in receiving yards this year? Kadarius, Tony. There we go. He's so sick, dude. Like, I love that guy, even though he's like, I don't even know. Is he hurt right now or out of practice or something? So he, he had missed some time. I think it's just another situation of just being careful. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's he is the hardest guy to tackle in the NFL. He is the hardest guy to tackle. There is no one more difficult. Uh, he's slippery. but yeah, I I'm trying to think of other guys from the preseason that really stood out to me. Karloftis was one who is a guy I really liked pre-draft. Um, watching him against the Bears, I saw him bend the corner and get a pressure, which is not even something he's supposed to be doing. But late in the second quarter, I saw something like that. He got a sack after. Uh, hitting hitting the tackle with a swim move. He had pretty good speed to power earlier in the game where he rushed number 70 right into Fields' lap. There was a play where he shot his hands and then that kind of got the tackle to kind of overextend when he times his punch up. But Karloftis drew his hands away and then once that tackle was overextended, he hit him with a long arm and was able to drive him back a couple yards and, and register some pressure that way. So there was just a lot of like ways that he was winning in, as a pass rusher. Karloftis, um, he was a standout to me. Charles Cross I thought was real good um, from the limited stuff I saw from him. Couldn't watch him the whole game, but his punch is just gorgeous to watch, and he gets his hand placement right every time. And I don't think he really surrendered any major pressure, so... Those were some other guys that I, I really like was like, yeah, going back. Theo, I thought, you, speaking of swim moves, uh, maybe we should give a shout out to our good friends at Run Your Pool. <laughs> that was pretty, pretty good. pretty solid transition. <laughs> swim move, Run Your Pool, I get it. Run that Your was, Pool <laughs> is the home of competition, bringing sports fans and their social circles closer together to compete, connect, and make every game matter more. 
Run Your Pool offers every game type under the sun, from Pick'em and Survivor to Fantasy Pools. It's a one-stop shop for sports gaming with customizable features that you don't get anywhere else. But that's not all. We've teamed up with Run Your Pool to host a pool for us and our listeners for an opportunity to compete against us. How to play? It's simple. Join the pool via the link in the description or at play.runyourpool.com stayhot. Sign up and make your picks. But why not make it interesting, right? Run Your Pool will be giving out cash prizes to the winners, so if you manage to beat us, you won't walk away empty-handed. So make sure to join today at play.runyourpool.com stayhot. Again, that's play.runyourpool.com slash stay hot, or just tech, check the link in the description. I have a question for you, Bengal. Shoot. Have you seen Bladen's top 100 list? Oh, brother. They pop up on my on my Twitter timeline, but I don't really do much more than a, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll, you know, I'll scroll down. <laughs> you, you should, you've seen the, uh. You should quote not going one of them super one of these, great. One of these days. Just, I just, I love once it. We I get get, in, once we get into the top 15, I think people will start to relax. You're in a rough stretch right now, Blade, and you're, you're I on am. some, you're in your flop era in the list right now. And every, every weekday at, or every day at every 11 day p.m., I get the Blade and Tweet notification for the list. And I see who it is, and it's like Tyron Smith. And I'm like, this is not going to go well, dude. <laughs> he's like this. He's like the second best tackle in football. It's. A, I'm not going to get into it. No. <laughs> no. Okay. He wasn't last no? year because he, he missed no. six games. He did miss six games, but he was st- when he was on the field. He is. He is still quite good. He was so good. I had multiple Cowboys fans message me, and they're like, "They're like, you're right about that." When he was not on the field, our offensive line was a disaster. And I was like... He's good. He just missed six games. Yeah. Let's talk no, about I the New York Yankees, uh, Bengal. Let's talk about the New York... Enough <laughs> with all this football. I'm wearing... Hold on. I'm wearing my Colorado Rockies hat today. Name one player on the Rockies. <laughs> in their history. <laughs> no, 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 one player in Rockies no, 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 history. No, 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 no. No, literally, um, I was just... It was the guy that hit three home runs you love on him. June first. He's your favorite. I can't player. remember his name though. <laughs> You've got that one random stat <laughs> down. Story used to play. Story doesn't play for 1st. them anymore, does he? He used to play for them. That no, was, I don't know who that is. Did he ever play for them? Trevor Story. Yeah, for a while. Okay, good. He actually had a super fun fact. Is like his first, I think, four hits were all home runs. Okay, wow, wow. So, something wild. Like maybe like six of his first seven hits were home runs as well. How are the Yankees so something doing? close. Are they still good? Because I, when we went to LA for the baseball thing, I knew a lot about baseball for a minute, but now I haven't heard anything about that sport since the All-Star break. Are the, are the Yankees still the best team in baseball? They've had a, a very rough stretch. Oh, very no. rough stretch. Yeah, real bad. That's because they traded like, away the heart and soul of their team. Joey Gallo. Gallo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're, right. not, they're not winning the World Series anymore? I hope that they do. <laughs> Um, I, I think they're still a really good team. They're just going through a rough patch. Like they, you know, the games that they were winning that were close late in games, just like edging it out early in the season, they're losing those. And that's, you know, just, that's just baseball. So yeah. Is judge still going to win MVP? He's got to, he's been just unbelievable. He's been so good. Like last season, for example, he finished, let's see here, finished fourth in the MVP. 
And his counting stats, he had 24 doubles, 39 home runs, um, 98 RBIs, even just for perspective. And that was in 148 games. This year, they're only 110 games in. He has 19 doubles, 46 home runs, 100 RBIs already. Damn. It's like, what are you doing? It's every time he comes up, it's like a home run. 46 home runs in 110 games that's ridiculous. is ridiculous. He's someone, that's ridiculous. he's someone that I look at and I'm like, that guy just looks like he'd be better than everybody else. That's like, I don't know much about baseball scouting, but like the whole like bet on traits thing in football. Like I know, no, know nothing about scouting baseball, know nothing about where Aaron Judge comes from. But I look at that guy, I'm like, that guy's got the body of the best baseball player. Like that's just what the best <laughs> baseball player should look. He's got to be like six foot seven or something ridiculous. Like six, that. seven two eighty. Is he actually six? Seven? Oh, sick. Yeah. pounds. <laughs> he is large. I hope he was a bad hit. This is like Moneyball guy would have probably would have passed on him. They would have been like, what's his too big, too he's strong. Too big he and too strong. What's though. his, and they would have missed Moneyball. Brad Pitt in Moneyball would have looked at him and all of his like, fellow front office guys would have been like we need to draft this guy and brad pitt would have said no but that's like one of the i don't know what his hitting stats were in college or wherever he was before this but i'm like damn that's a big ass dude right there that's what that's what the greatest player in every sport should look like it's like ronaldo in soccer like that guy's got to be like the biggest soccer player ever he's not actually but just freak athlete just gotta just gotta draft these freak athletes man the Reds are still like the worst team in baseball, right? I only ask. Um, probably right up there. Nice. I, the Nationals got really, really bad though. So the Nationals are are right up there. Like the Pirates are probably a little bit better, but still bad. The Angels, despite having like two of the best players of all time, <laughs> are terrible. There was a point in time around Mother's Day where Reds tickets were like a dollar. They, you can yeah you can go to a Reds game for nothing. I mean we can walk. They will the pay you to go. No, yeah, that's please. awesome. I, I was joking. Attendance. I was like I was like you could just, you should just get your mom a Reds ticket for Mother's Day instead. Of, like it's cheaper than flowers. <laughs> like yeah, I saw I saw on Twitter this one thing was like it's one hundred and fifty dollars for a family of four to go to a Reds game. There is no truth to that. You can go to a Reds <laughs> game for twenty dollars for people, and if you go on Tuesday, they've got like pretty good deal on hot dogs and beer and if these families pre-games they wouldn't even need to get that so it's not will, that expensive it's great to have a bad team as we're talking about baseball here will tatis be playing for the padres for the rest of his contract or will they get sick of him and void he's a red, it? He's, a red. <laughs> he's just like so good though this he's my favorite active mlb player He's just electric, and uh, this like steroid stuff is just so like bad. Like early in his career too, like you get this super fun, exciting player, and now maybe their entire legacy forever is tarnished. Right. So it's a, uh, it's it's really sad to me. But he's he's so good. It's like, why would you really get rid of him if you can yeah. keep him somehow? I saw that there was some way to like. Perhaps because of the motorcycle accident, there is language in the contract where they could get out of it or, or something. And some people were floating that as a possibility. But he's suspended for 80 games. No, they're 110 games into the season. So he'll yes. only miss the first like 10th of next season. Is that what I'm, am I reading? That's, into that's that? still quite a bit though. That's still quite a know, bit. 
entire rest of the regular season, entire playoffs, and then into next season. It's it only, I believe, counts for regular season games. Okay, but well, are also they, are they making the playoffs? the playoffs? The Padres aren't they like sixteen? Yeah, they games should. Back? They should. Okay. Well, yeah. Damn. Anyway, that's, that's stay hot baseball talk. That's stay about hot baseball. <laughs> now it's time for <laughs> now it's time for stay hot uh, men's grooming talk. You know, fellas, fantasy football draft season is right around the corner. You know, CD Lamb is good, but have you heard about? But have you? But have you seen these? Who writes these? <laughs> Manscaped. Yeah, I'm interested. <laughs> but go ahead, Blue <laughs> You started it. No, go ahead, Blue. <laughs> All right. So I, was, I was interested to see whether or not you would actually like go through with that one because I would have just skipped it. <laughs> I'm the goat. This is. This I want is you to why... read the, I want to be a director what? mode. I want you to read this in a deep voice <laughs> as dramatically. As I possible. cannot. I cannot read this in a deep voice. Like. Have you seen the? Have you seen the? No, it's time to get your snake looking right for this snake draft with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below the waist grooming have created a championship lineup with their performance package 4.0. Make sure you join the six million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for the for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for twenty percent off plus free shipping with the code Stay Hot. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker, the Ultimate Flex, watch it run through ear and nose hairs like Derek Henry coming right up the gut. You know, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code STAYHOT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code STAYHOT at manscaped.com. It's time to put the PP back in PPR and get your grip and get a grip on your... I can't read. And get a grip on your pigskin this season with manscaped I had a lot of fantasy football references i think i'm gonna it get did it. Uh, you know, honestly Please. like whoever wrote that round of applause like honestly. i don't know about that we got rodney <laughs> dangerfield out here you gotta adjust the tie after every single one of those like, i don't know if it was just the audio but it, it kind of like broke up as you're saying derrick henry so all i heard was i heard derrick Henry and I'm like, is Blade doing the worst British accent of all time? I Derek Henry. I pick up Derek Henry, eh? Isn't it? <laughs> Derek Henry? No. Yeah. Um, this is so, as badly as possible. Yeah. Before we get out, we have a question of the day from our chalkboard. Bangle, if you would like to be included in that. And the the general crest the general question um is how many teams if their head coach was, or like how many teams are an elite head coach away from like being a really good team. And like the, the, the question like based on that is like how many teams, if you added like Mike Tomlin would McVay. like take a drastic step, all or like a McVay. I mean, all of them would. Yeah. You yeah. Could. But like, I guess, yeah. Like, and like, obviously you would rather have those guys than like a rookie Man. head coach. <laughs> you give like you gave the Cowboys Sean McVay and I think they like win the Super Bowl. I guess like if we're talking about yeah. maybe the teams that would have the biggest jumps, I would legitimately say like Dallas, the Dallas yes. Cowboys with the talent on that roster, if they get freed from the shackles of Mike McCarthy and the coaching well, staff. Well, they is, got Kellen Moore calling. They plays. do. They do have Kellen so, and and I just thought of would, that. Would, would a like, big offensive minded head coach really change things yeah maybe not actually when you i just thought about how good the coordinators are and dan quinn on the other side i don't know 
who who would be the best? Because I think eventually a great if you get a guy like McVeigh, eventually as they fill out the roster the way they see it, they can turn around basically any team in the league yeah. eventually. But for yeah. this year, right now, I mean, maybe the Panthers. You get if you get if you get yeah uh, Mayfield in that kind of play action y yeah. like what they were running with Goff and. The defense plays all right, which I think they can do. I mean, maybe they can make the playoffs if if you take away Rule and you put in McVeigh. Maybe I would say them, but I'm not. I'm not totally sure. It'd be, it really, would be a pretty serious upgrade. I kind of think that they would. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. I'm not sure that's, who the other horrible one. coaches are in the league. Besides Rule, is the one that like stands out. Every yeah. other coach is like brand new. Right, and that's the thing is there's like a lot of rookies, a lot of rookie coaches. So like it it's hard to really tell. Um, but I mean you would still rather have like McVeigh. I guess like maybe if you like the Bengals if the Bengals I, had I was thinking McVay like instead of the Zach Cardinals Taylor, I'd be like damn Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. I think you liked you, Cliff. I did. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm kinda I'm kind of indifferent right now. <laughs> And like if you if you told me I can have Cliff Kingsbury or Mike Tomlin, who's like the the greatest coach of our generation other than Bill Belichick, like yeah. What about Kyler? Kyler was calling plays in the fourth quarter of the Cardinals game. <laughs> uh what? Yeah, Kyler Murray coach of the year. <laughs> that is so um, funny, dude, that he did that because Cliff Kingsbury was like, We need to teach him a lesson about doubting my play calls. We're gonna have him call the plays in practice and then we're gonna call it have him call the plays in the preseason game imagine you're this like quarterback or really anyone on the offense like trying to scrape together a, a career like on the back half of the roster and then kyler's like uh we're calling um no nah, but like negative two yards of offense that quarter that's literally the shit that like in high school that's the shit we would do like on like we would go to like jv games and we'd be like yo coach can i call a play <laughs> and sometimes sometimes you know they would let like one of the quarterbacks call a play because they would know the whole playbook but but anyway you know. my answer to the McVay question the two that get improved the most give me the Bengals and the and the Panthers those are Bengals and the Panthers I have a question yeah, for I can Bengal what that. is your favorite Marvel movie we've talked like a ton about oh. that in the last like month Thor Ragnarok, probably. Good take. Great, great it's a good movie. I, I like it. It's a good movie. Can't argue with that. Can't, ar- Bangle, cannot what, argue with that. No. What, what are your thoughts on like a movie can be bad, but also just be fun at the same time? Oh, and I, I know that. I know that very well. Um, me and some of my YouTube buddies, who is there? I don't know that you guys would know. Um, do you guys know the MLB The Show YouTuber Magunski? No, you might not. Think you might not. Maybe. Wheels know. from Madden. Yeah. And um, a Daddy Dimu TV. Uh, these are yeah. bizarre names. Now yeah. I'm, I'm hearing them out loud. <laughs> no, my friends, <laughs> Dude, Daddy, imagine telling that to someone in like 1980. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. These are uh, my friends. I'm named after an animal, so I, I don't have much room to be talking. Uh, but we watched Hubie Halloween. Do you guys know this movie? This I'm film, not familiar this with film. It, it this is an Adam Sandler Netflix movie, um, somewhat recent, and it's basically. I, I think he had tweeted something out like, "If this gets X amount of like whatever, or if X happens, 
uh, I'll make the worst movie of all time or something like that. And this is like the, uh, the <laughs> result of that. So it's about just this, uh, well, he wears a helmet quite frequently um, in the, in the movie. And he's a little, there's something going on. Okay. And um, it's a Halloween movie and it's, it's so bad that it's like good. Yeah. There, we were talking to, there's a movie that I watched. It's a Will Ferrell and it was on, I think it's on Hulu now. It's called uh, Casa de Mi Padre. I've seen it. Yeah, it is. It's the worst movie I've ever seen, but it's so bad that it ended up being hilarious. And thus I enjoyed it. I think so, your threshold. Blade, you've just given the take that you don't dislike any movie you've ever watched. <laughs> That's what we well, were discussing. It's just like, I can enjoy the fact that it was like, if it's bad, I'm the like, effort. okay, this, well, I can just be like, this is comical. Right. And thus enjoy it. You've never seen, but like some movies are bad and they're boring. You know, like some movies are bad and they're entertaining. Some are just like boring from front to back. That's the thing is like, I don't think I've seen a, like a movie that's bad and boring ever in your life. You're like, I I would like this movie to be over now. (laughs) You've never had that thought. I don't think so. (laughs) That is so crazy to me. It is so you're just crazy you're just not a you're just not a fun soul, Theo. That's the <laughs> difference between you and <laughs> I cannot find the joy in some some bad movies, you're right. If that makes me a not a fun soul, but I the worst movie I've ever seen that is like so bad that it's funny is the movie Love on a Leash, which is like made by this old woman about a golden retriever who like turns into a man and then she marries him. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great. Was this like and Princess Frog. and the Frog? Like, yeah, it's like that, fuck? but with like her pet dog. It's really right. weird because it's her pet dog, and the dog has bangles like, up, bangles over here. Like, what the, f- <laughs> what the fuck are these guys talking about? I, I, yeah, no, no, I was thinking about um, one of the worst movies I've ever watched, uh, Joe versus the Volcano. I watched it in a film class, and supposedly it's like you either really like or really dislike the movie. I don't know why we'd watch it in, in a film class, like, but it had Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan in 1990. uh, And it is just so boring. I think I fell asleep, (laughs) legitimately fell asleep during it. I is so slow and dull. And maybe that's the point. And someone will say that's art. That's what they want it to do. It's accomplishing the goal. It's a great (laughs) film. Like uncut gems is supposed to make you feel anxious, and people are like this is amazing. It is. I amazing. hate that movie. No. I hate it. I worked uncut at a movie. Gems is I actually terrible. worked at a movie theater when that came out. I've never seen more people walk out of a movie than that one there. Like it was so many people walked out. But see, the thing is, I and people are gonna say L take or whatever, and like even some of my some of my friends are like, what, what do you mean you don't like uncut gems? It. To me, it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I just thought it was terrible, no plot, and then crazy ending, and that's supposed to save it. And people are like, well, it does, it wanted to make you feel anxious. Every, it's every, t- that's exactly every how I Tarantino feel about the movie. movie. That's exactly how I feel about the movie Midsummer and Hereditary, where it's like that it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable, bro. It's supposed to make you feel like squeamish. And then it, I'm just like, it, that was horrible. There was nothing to that besides like that aspect of it. But I actually really liked Uncut Gems. But I feel that exact same way about those two. I don't know if you've ever seen them. I've seen Hereditary. I'm not really a scary movie guy at all. And I actually think I have seen some of Midsummer, And that, those are like maybe 
two of the five horror movies I've ever seen. So it just ha- random. Uh, I, I just don't think they're good. It is kind of what it means. Well, you're supposed to be scared. I'm like, well, I don't like, I don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. That's a good t- bangle. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a phenomenal. T- I think, I think <laughs> horror movies are like, I think horror movies are actually pretty poorly made. I don't, like I just don't, a like lot of them movies. are. I don't like being, scared. no, like, I, I think, like I think the idea, the idea of scary movies is the same idea of like people that make spicy food, like intentionally spicy, but not like flavorful. It's like you made that movie, you tried to make a movie that was scary with no plot, and the only attraction was that it was scary, and it's a bad movie. I'll get, I think a lot of scaries fall into that bucket. Silence of the Lamps does not. That's a great movie. It's not a horror it's more movie, of a though. Thriller. I, I wouldn't it's even suspense. call that. I would call that a thriller. Yeah. I guess that's fair. I, I guess think that's, that's kind of the goal of some scary things is like kind of unlock that same sort of intensity that you feel during a thriller. Like The best horror thing I've ever watched is season one of Haunting of Hill House. That's like a horror. That was a TV show. But I thought that was really good. And some of it is like the suspense and and all of that can be well done. I'll appreciate some horror. There's like, there's some of it out there that I've watched and I've enjoyed, but Hereditary was not one. And most horror is like pretty, like Blumhouse. They, they, they have their it's, share of misses and yeah, they comically bad stuff. But <laughs> anyway, it is an fair. L take for Uncut Gems though. <laughs> but classic Theo L Ash <laughs> Leo that Ash movie, that movie won a that's got, it's on Criterion Collection it can't be bad <laughs> I don't know who does like some of this like who what, what makes somebody a critic oh I went to film school and this movie was actually in a great great it's like film. The, the PFF grades of movies <laughs> literally yeah what makes someone a critic says the YouTube talent scout <laughs> Uh, (laughs) (laughs) who gives them the right to say this is good or bad that's fair (laughs) um but you know it's kind of like you ever seen on rotten tomatoes or whatever it's like it'll be like critics score 30 percent, and then like uh audience score and then it'll be like 80 or 90 percent you're like that's pretty drastic difference yeah Mm -hmm. like on one hand i get it an expert is more qualified to say whether something is good or bad but i think that's when it's like not really opinion based with opinion stuff like like you know ice cream or you know food or i don't know i said ice cream (laughs) but like like food or music or or something like that it's like you can't objectively say whether something is is good or bad it's like it depends on your ear and your preference like a movie it's like i don't know that there's one oh i'm an expert and i can tell you that was actually really good when it like I don't know. I, don't I think know. sometimes it comes down to like if if they've watched a bunch, they're better qualified to tell you if something like is above or below. Like Bladen, for example, he's probably watched 15 movies in his whole life and just rewatches <laughs> the same 15. So then when he tells me like the writing in like Revenge of the Smith is actually Revenge of the Smith, <laughs> Revenge of the Sith is actually really good. I'm like, Revenge you have not Smith. seen enough good movies to say that. So. Maybe you were the chosen one. It was maybe as a critic, your job you. is just to watch Bring so many that you could have a good base I don't, I don't to compare to other ones. Not leave but, them in dark. But anyway, you were my brother, Anakin. Are these Star <laughs> Wars you. quotes? You never seen? Is have we been through this? I feel like I've almost. I almost remember you saying that you've never seen Star Wars. Well, you'd be you'd be correct whether you remembered or not. Yeah. Well, outside of like two of the movies, you're not honestly missing much. No, you're missing. I think a it was lot. like. 
a thing that you have to watch when you're younger, I would say, because that's like how they they trap you. <laughs> the I original trilogy, it worked. Pretty the good. original trilogy is pretty good. The fourth and the fifth one, I think, are objectively like quite good, and then. The sixth, like Return of the Jedi, is like how that closes with like the Ewoks and stuff. That gets a little bit silly, <laughs> but it's still an all right one. The prequels are pretty boring. The sequels, a lot of people. If you care very deeply about Star Wars, you'll probably hate the the sequels. But if you don't, you might find some enjoyment out of that. I have no idea, but I at this point, it's it, fun to I say that you've them. never seen them. So I would just advise never ever watching them just for a person. Uh, I, I don't plan or to, just watch yeah. them and then just continue to tell people that you've never seen. I, I'd never seen them. <laughs> no, but the thing is, is like star Wars is so big in culture that like I can name probably like 10 different characters and I've never seen the movie. Like even, you know, I've seen the family guy, star Wars episodes when I was younger. <laughs> have you seen like the like robot the chicken? <laughs> Dude, Robot Chicken was always that show that, uh, oh my God, I, I woke up on the couch and I need to go to bed. Like, that it, and like I stayed up George way too Lopez. Late. Yeah. Uh, all right. I, I don't think I could watch an episode of Robot Chicken. <laughs> the Robot Chicken about? Star Wars episodes are pretty funny. I don't know. <laughs> you know Robot Chicken? We you ever heard of that? I've heard of you it, don't but know. like... <laughs> it's a bizarre, like, I think, Cartoon Network claymation show. It's pretty good. I've actually seen it. I'm just saying, like, what are we talking about in terms of, like, where is this episode gone? <laughs> no, we're like... Yeah, we've gone, like, 15 minutes off of, like, sports track and, like, know what... I don't even know where we're at. But I think that can pretty much wrap things up. I know our editor has a lot to chop through at this point. So thanks again, Bango, for joining us for the 500,000th time. Um, yeah, everyone, we appreciate you all tuning in. <laughs> I guess I won't come back if we're <laughs> saying my welcome. Nah, <laughs> no, we love having you on. It's, it's, always, it's always a great time. And as always, from uh, Corn Boy, Bird Boy, Lemon Boy, and Bangle, we will catch you all on the flippity flop. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.